Welcome to another Area 51 recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, the only podcast to guarantee that if you listen, you get to hear stuff, you lucky dogs. This week, it's episode 492. These numbers keep going up, and there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that reason in eight more episodes. It's another pandemic countdown day here in the old USA because... There's too many damn people who still haven't been cauterized in the arms. And, you know, people are just getting dumber by the minute. So noses are starting to run again. And and there's there's just too many people doing dumb things. So uh, we've taken uh, Commander Cam and put him back in his uh, in his plastic cage, uh, his, his hamster cell. And we've put the the. The tube's back in, and so he's running back and forth all throughout Area 51. Cam, Cam, you can come back in. It's time to record another show. Cam? Oh, but I was, I was having so much fun. I know. Jeez, we had don't. you back at the Snickersnack Bar. How are things going down there? Oh, great. You know, I got all sorts of goodies there. So I've got the, uh, let's see, I've got the kale and pumpkin, uh, uh, the day bread. I have the... Uh, Let's see. I have the broccoli and uh, peanut butter smoothie. I have, uh, let's see, what other goodies do I have here? Get the oh, 65 have... pounds of of, 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 of freeze-dried Dr. Pepper bars show up? Of course. I got them stored out back. Okay, because Zombrarian wanted those. I'm not sure why. Oh, I got, I got them for her. You know, she was the one that turned me on to them. So, you know, I figured, you know, I should at least, you know, return the favor. So, OK, I, have those have those delivered to the help desk. All right. Will do. All right. I'll have those tests sent over to the help desk. Oh, and uh, by the way. Yeah. So remember that that whole, uh, you know, a Golden Girls issue we had last week with the Pez dispensers. Yes. yes, yes. I got that fixed. So. We've got those that uh, they got the, the all the correct ones in, you know. The room McClanahan ones came in finally. The room McClanahan's and the Betty okay. Whites. Yep, yep. We got okay, all good. of those. So you know, we're, we're Jennifer golden. will be happy to know that. Yep. Yes, I know. She was rather upset last week. And the only she was the very only upset. Yep. And so as a special treat to say they're sorry, they also sent along extra packages of the Geritol flavored uh Pez. <laughs> hey, I figured you know that was that was it was, it was nice of them. So I I said we'd forgive them. Okay, yeah, I want to thank the the people at 
whatever idiocy we ordered those from to uh and we're not going to mention their names but yeah thanks for that um well they want to be a future sponsor actually uh yeah so we'll we'll see them at the upper valley comic expo yeah yeah i think so that should be a good chance for that yes <laughs> lovely um okay so tonight uh tonight it's machines night uh and there's a reason for that there's no good reason for that, but there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is we've got a, an author on tonight that we've never had on before, which is a good enough reason to have him on tonight. And the author, the author, author, <laughs> God, if, you know, one day these lips will get fixed properly. And I'm not sure when that is, but it will be someday. Uh, the author that we have tonight with us is, is Garen Whited. Garen, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Hi, glad to be here. How are you? Wow, that sounds like a typical radio voice. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> now, the book that we're going to talk about tonight is a book called Dragon Hunters. Now, Cam has the oh, perfect yes. way to describe this book. So go for it. So. It, well, I don't know if it's a whole book, but it's at least the beginning. And in the beginning of, of the this most, book. In, in the beginning. No, in the beginning. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Garrett. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's the most epic use of, of Deus Ex Machina I have ever seen in my life. And it was just, it was so fantastic. I'm just, I'm going, okay, because, you know, you, you, well, I, I don't think this is a huge spoiler. But you've written a whole bunch of other books in a whole other series. Yes, yes, that's yes. correct. And you literally brought in your one of the characters because I haven't read that series yet, so I, I just know that that character's in that series. His name's Eric. He's the protagonist of the Night Lord series. But yes, he travels from universe to universe, and he wound up here in the prologue and in the first couple chapters. And and he's the one that sets the things in motion because like uh -huh. i said i don't think this is a huge spoiler oh but no, no. You, yeah this part isn't but <laughs> is you have five epic heroes you have yep. your paladin your cleric your uh we, we, yeah garen and i were arguing before the show whether we call it a barbarian or a fighter but uh a thief and a wizard who've gone to slay a dragon and it didn't quite go that well you mean it and, ate them yeah, well it ate four of them four yeah. out of five yeah Four out of five ain't bad. Yep. <laughs> and so you 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 then bring this character in from your other series to yeah. basically, because otherwise it's like end of story. Here you go, four dead. Yeah, and the, the, the story's four, four, over in in one. Well, look, if, if you've got the guy, if you got guys going out hunting dragons, then usually that's how the short story should end, isn't it? Uh, oh yes, most definitely. I agree. There with you, you go. Say, yeah. So you you definitely needed the character, but it's just you love this epic way you bring him in on a on a dark horse, and it's the and okay seriously I love this opening paragraph. It was absolutely freaking amazing. I'm gonna quote it: "The night sky whisked clouds across the the moon, spattering the trail with rain and starlight. Thunder muttered in the mountains like an angry old man losing an argument." Wind rattled br barren branches and fistful gusts, storm heralds announcing the coming of their master. And I just, I love that opening. I'm going, 
wow, somewhere Snoopy's looking at you and going, why did I ever come up with that? <laughs> it was a dark, it beats the hell out yes, of us. Yes, exactly. It was a stormy night. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Except there's a far more epic way to say it. So, And then this I, is where you introduce the character. Mm-hmm. Yep. And anybody who's read the Night Lord series will immediately go, I know that guy. <laughs> you know, I know that guy. I know that horse. I know that sword. The okay. sword is the one who's a smart mouth. So, so, <laughs> so here's our problem. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that guy. I know, and that's what makes the book so much so much fun. Is like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? What so, is he? Oh my God! What did he just do? So, <laughs> so here's my notes. So, mm-hmm. We 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 have our little notes page. Sure. That as we're putting the show together. Yep. Who the F is he? Yes. Who the F is he talking to? Yes. Those are my first two notes at the top of the page. He's not kidding. Yeah. I'm dead serious. Yeah. It, 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 you don't you don't get to know right off the bat that his horse is actually can talk to him and that his sword can talk to him and all that kind of thing. It's just oh, like you know. some <laughs> is, is there some invisible presence following him around and he's speaking to a ghost. As you read further into the book, you think, oh, maybe it is a ghost. But he he's just there as a cameo to like you know pilot light the whole thing, and, and then, then he goes off to go is, do his thing. He goes away, never comes back, never hear from him again. Yep. And you get to the end of the book and you go, who was that? Who the hell is he? Who, who was, was that, that masked mask man? man? Thank yeah. You. <laughs> and, and the funny, the, Wait, at the very end, at the very end, it should say, somebody whispered, hi-ho, silver, away. And the, and the funny part was I turned all the way to the back of the book. I'm going after like, a, I'm like about 50 pages in and I'm going, is this character going to make another appearance? The one at the very beginning. So I literally went to the back of the book, just kind of went, because you sent it to me digitally, so, so it makes it really God. easy. Yeah. I, I, t- I typed in the name of the character, went search, and all my search parameters came up at the front end of the book, and I'm going, so this character never appears again. I'm going, interesting, very interesting. <laughs> now, one of, the, one, of the, one of the goals I have with Dragon Hunters is that I want it to be the first book in a series, and I will work on that, I promise, as soon as I can. But right now I'm in the middle of – well, okay, I'm in the last third, at least, of uh, the Night Lord series that I'm writing where he is the actual narrator. It's a diary kind of thing. It's a first-person viewpoint. He's the protagonist. Um <clears throat> But, but which if makes you go to the, sense because that's that's the voice that he has in those first absolutely thing, you know yeah, there you go but if you go to the website garenwhited.com uh there are a lot of bonus stories that are just you know things that didn't make it into the book or, or stuff like that and some of his other miscellaneous short story type adventures and you see that this is kind of a pattern for him since he's a since he's a high basically a high level wizard and can move from universe to universe he he does. He's looking for stuff. You know, I need to find a thing. I need to get something else, you know, and all that kind of thing. And what happens is he tends to uh, wander face, face first into the blender and then get involved. OK, this is one of the adventures where he didn't get really involved. He just kind of here, let me help you with that tire. OK, great. You can drive along on your own now. We're done. I can go about my business. See? So, uh, but yeah, this this is a pattern for him. He'll show up. He'll go. Well, that ain't right. 
and he'll either fix it and get sucked in or just fix it and be go on his merry way, leaving behind hopefully a better situation. <laughs> and, and that's the part we're going to leave the readers, uh, the, uh, the listeners, <laughs> to find out on their own. That would be a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he 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 tries to help, and I want to say in Dragon Hunters he does eventually. Maybe I mean I think it's kind helpful. Of. I mean it didn't actually. He's the, he, the, mm-hmm. he tries. He tries he does his best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean you know the the whole point of the thing is right right up front the the guys go into that cave. One of the guys comes out of that cave, and then Eric finds him. You know, and things and things go from there. So I mean, yeah, think of a typical D and D adventure where you're wandering along and you encounter the really high level guy after you've had your ass handed to you. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so and, and on we go, and then he never participates again. Gandalf, why don't you just take the ring to the mountain? What's wrong with you? You give it to a hobbit. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> so yeah. in, in putting this together, in, in putting this together, this is essentially a, a D&D adventure with four guys tripping over each other, five guys tripping over each other, mm, five and a half guys tripping over each other. Yeah, well, kind of, yeah, in many ways. I mean, it's it's not strictly D and D. You're not going to recognize all no, of the spells no, no, no. and all that kind of thing. But by and large, yeah, you could you could run something like this as a D and D adventure. I'm not and I'm I, not sure that most people would want to do this as a campaign no, for obvious reasons. But no, still, I mean, because yeah, you get singed a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see but more it, of these guys later and see where this goes. But still, yeah. It is basically a D&D adventure. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a sardonic sense of tap dancing through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Um, I want to say uh, reality. Um, <laughs> okay. So y- y- you know how you work so hard to finally get somewhere and someone's moved your cheese and suddenly you're not getting what you wanted because you thought, if I get to this point, I've got my thing? You know, here, here, here I am. Here I am in grade school, thinking high schoolers have got it all together. I got to be in high school, and no, we don't. But those college kids, those guys in college, they've really got their lives sorted out. They know what they're doing. I got to college and found out, no, that's a lie. And then I thought, okay, I'm in college, but once I get all grown up and I'm an adult, that's when you get your stuff sorted out. We're good to go. Everything's laid out after that, and boy, was that a lie too. People keep moving my stability cheese here. Okay, I keep going through the rat race. I keep navigating through the through the rat through the rat maze, and I keep going. I smell cheese. Why don't I? Why don't I get any? See, so basically, it came from a sense of reality. I mean, what do you do? We're we're gonna go here. We're gonna go to this town. We're gonna do this thing. What do you mean we can't do that thing? What are we gonna do instead? You mean we got to go all the way back and do the other thing that we didn't do before we came? <sighs> gods hate us you know and so on see so uh, that's what i mean by it kind of came from reality well just some of the quotes from the book that keep you know catching like like 
a, a ragged fingernail on silk for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like lemon juice is better than urine. Well, yeah. Yeah. Not by much, but yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> or I love the smell of dragon in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I, I know exactly where that came from and why it's there yep. and, and, and what it means and why, why, it, and, and still, you know, it's no, he's no Robert Duvall, first of all. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just can imagine it coming out of his mouth and going, and everybody just turning to him and going, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, the three stooges, you know, going address the ball. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, hello ball. Hello. Yeah. Ball. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not three stooges. That's, uh, Bob Hope and, um, oh no, no. It was, uh, that, that, uh, Danny Kay. No. Was it Abbott and Costello? It was Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Well, I know, I'm sorry. I was thinking. I was thinking of an incident when they were doing a charity golf event with Bob Hope and Danny Kay. Oh uh, yes, I know what you're but, talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It was Abbott and Costello first, I think. Yes. Oh my God. And it's like, <laughs> hello, dragon. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stop that. <laughs> But, but to be fair, if, if I if I remember ahead, right, the I, I love the smell of dragon in the morning came from I think Fliss, who was who was of course the rogue, uh, the thief, whatever, and uh, he's he's kind of the uh, laid back, sarcastic, almost sardonic guy who will just basically uh-huh. mock everything because he doesn't take much of anything seriously generally. Um, and if I if I remember properly, they they came to a a dragon dominated village, Pelamir, if I remember. Right. And uh, and he was just kind of like, you know, ah, Pelamir, wonderful. Oh, how I love the smell of dragon in the morning. And because you know they have a characteristic kind of oily kind of odor, you know, described early on in the book, and you know everybody else is just kind of like. Gee, thanks, Fliss. Like we, like we didn't need, like, like we needed you to tell us this, you know. But still, what do you want? He's a smartass. <laughs> but yes, for me personally, oh yes, I love the smell of dragon in the morning. It smells like, well, it sure ain't victory. But still, yeah, you, you, you know, you know the quote. <laughs> I do, I do, and I immediately thought of Bob Duval. With his hands on his hips and the helicopters going overhead, and I yep, went, no, yep, yep. no, 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 stop this, stop this right now. This has to end. <laughs> all we need, yeah, all, right. we, all we need now is a dragon on a surfboard, and everything's going to exactly. be everything's going to be fine. Yes. <laughs> and then I said to myself, there has to be a sardonic bastard behind this. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I'm right here. Throwing the chum into the water during Shark Week. Going, come on, sharks. Come to me, baby. I, I've come back, and this time I've got a bigger boat. Exactly. <laughs> so what tempts you to put a world like this together? 
Well, um, originally, originally my thought was um, I, I've read uh, – I'm an avid reader of science fiction and fantasy, okay? And the but I never thing, guessed that based on this series. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I'm, it, it's kind of hard to tell, but you know, I, I, I do my best to hide it. You know, single white guy lives alone, keeps mainly to himself, owns a chainsaw, <laughs> nothing to see here. Move along. Everybody, <clears throat> run to the basement. Sorry. How did you not have a basement? <laughs> Where oh, do you well, think anyway. I am right now? <laughs> <laughs> Hiding. Yes, got it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Why? Because the old guy owns a chainsaw. I'm not coming out. It, I get it. But uh, yeah, what, what what happened was I, I got into writing primarily because uh, somebody uh, was awful at it. Back in the old days. <laughs> not the, saying a word. Back Let in the old days. yourself on this one. Go ahead. <laughs> what happened was. In the ancient days of yore, there used to be these special buildings where you could actually go in, peruse the books, and buy them. No, no, not a public library, a place specifically for buying them, not for borrowing them. They called it a – hang on. It's been a while. A, a book um, a bookstore. Yes, oh, that's, that's what they were called. I remember them. Yeah. Well, I went into one of these, as was my want when I was just a wee lad, and I sat down and – you know. In one of their nice comfy chairs with one of the latest books off of the new releases shelf, and I flipped through it a little bit and said, okay, I'll give this a whack. When it happened to be a vampire novel, because again, science fiction, fantasy, you know. I, I, Were they sparkly vampires? I, I don't remember because I've blocked it out. See, what happened was <laughs> I got through the first chapter and thought, well, some books start off slow. Got that slow build kind of thing going on as you get more and more involved in them. You know, okay, sure. So I got about 100 pages in and thought to myself, this is a really slow start. <clears throat> I got to the last quarter or so and thought to myself, I am going to finish this if it kills me. <laughs> and it might. But I finished it. I closed it. I looked at the back of the book for a second and thought to myself, that's two hours of my life that I will never get back. I didn't spend any money on this. I just took it down off the shelf and read it, and I feel cheated. That's Ooh. how that, that, that's how disappointed I was. <laughs> and I said, I could eat a pen and produce a better story tomorrow morning. And then you dared yourself to do it, didn't you? And I did, absolutely. And that's that's what happened with Night Lord's Sunset. And then as I was going along, I realized Eric, again, main character, different series, wanders around from place to place and goes places and does stuff. And sometimes he just goes in, does a little thing, and leaves, and we never, ever again find out what happened in that place. It's over. It's done. That's the end of the story because he's gone now. He's the main character. And then wait a second. I've got this kind of little idea for him to walk in, do his thing, and leave. This could go somewhere. And that's where Dragon Hunters came from. Uh, because I thought, you know, originally with uh, with the whole dragon hunting concept, I had a short story where um, the, the the heroes are going off to face the dragon, right? Well, most of those guys get eaten anyway. What happens if 
they go off, they get eaten, and then somebody comes along and does something about it. And those two ideas kind of dovetailed rather nicely, I think, <laughs> where you've got the guys who've just lost a fight with a dragon, and then you've got the high-level character shows up and goes, I don't see what the problem is. Here, blop, 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 blop. Okay, carry on, gentlemen, and off he goes. Meanwhile, they're sitting there going, what just happened, and how does this work? I, I just got the thing. I just got the what, what am I going to do now? Well, I guess we're going to well, – are we going to kill a dragon? I don't know. <laughs> so after leaving them with a bunch of confusion, as high levels tend to do with lower-level PCs, now they have to deal with that. So yeah, that's where that came from. And it's interesting because you bring up a point that kind of segues into something that I want that I wanted to actually ask you about. Mm -hmm. One of the things you do with this is, and again, I'm doing, I'm going to do my best to tiptoe around sure. uh, spoilers. But what Eric gives these these four dead characters a second uh, chance, a second chance. But this second <laughs> chance is magic that is. Uh, beyond the pale for characters like, and I'm going to try to get their names like Tyndale Yvin. and Aramon. Yeah. Yeah. Yvin, especially the wizard. Yeah. Oh, and, and Yvin as well. But, but he's Aramon, the one going, I don't know how this works. It's impossible. Because he's a professional wizard and Eric using a different style of magic that this guy just does has never seen before. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and yeah, and Yvin, it just blows his mind. He wants to learn more. But what I really, what I really liked was with Aramon and Tyndale. They're both what you would consider, let's say, well, one of them is a paladin, so it has to be lawful good. They're yeah. Lawful, they, 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 they worship lawful good deities. Or They're good clearly deities. good aligned. Clearly, yes. 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 And so they, they are not – and the magic that was used is not exactly what most people would consider good aligned magic. So when uh, – when There are some or, very harsh stereotypes. Exactly, exactly. And so when these, this happens <laughs> – you have these two very good characters who worship good gods who are sitting here going, why haven't we been struck down yet? You know, this goes. They have, a, they have a severe moral dilemma here. Yes. So this is what I wanted to get to. I wanted to talk with you about it. It's like this is this great moment where both of them have to make a decision, you know, because they, they start to realize, you know, that while they're completely going against some of the basic rules of, and tenets of their faith, their, each of their gods hasn't abandoned them. Their gods are still with them, and it leaves them in such an interesting quandary. I just, where did this come from? It was one of the best moments, I think. One of the moments I enjoyed the most was this discussion between the two of them where they had to make this decision, do I follow my god or do I follow what I think my god is telling me, or do I follow the tenets of my religion, which is supposed to also come from my god? Yeah, here I am. I've got the holy book out. It says, smite the evil. Okay, great. Looking over at his necromantically influenced friends. Technically, they qualify, but wait. I but you, I. This is going to get awkward quick. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, how do you explain that to your friend? I'm sorry. I'm going to have to smite you now, but I – but what? Why? What did I do? Well, you didn't actually do anything. So I'm getting smote for something I didn't do? <gasps> yes, and I feel bad about that. Hang on. Let me go back to the book. Flip, 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 flip. Hmm. 
is there a technicality in here somewhere? No. At which point they, yeah, they actually, they actually have to um, address the question of, I have the holy writings. And then I've got kind of a divine connection to my deity because of my faith. And God isn't, my God isn't telling me to go do this and doesn't seem to be at all upset with me for not doing it, which uh -huh. implies that everything I have been taught from the holy work is now in question because it's this part of it's not entirely accurate, it seems. Is this an exception? I'm not authorized to do exceptions. I'm not high enough. I'm not, this is above my pay grade. I don't know what I'm doing. It's, yeah, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. And I like how they kind of, you know, Aramon especially has some serious issues with having to deal with this because, you know, he's not the one who's necromantically affected. He's just condoning it. Oh, yeah, fine. That's great. Oh, what a comfort. <laughs> <laughs> but even but think about poor Tyndale. Tyndale avoids because he he worships the sun god, and uh -huh. it's like and he's going he's avoiding the sun just so that he does he he can avoid his god's gaze, you know. And then he finally builds up the 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 uh, the bravery to actually mm -hmm. you know pray to his god and, and as the sun rises and find no he wasn't he, sm smoke he wasn't you know he doesn't go poof yeah exactly. He's still there, and not only is he still there, but his God has given him the blessing. He can now continue to do all the things that he could do when he wasn't necromantically influenced. So it's like even he's going, wait a minute, but I'm necromantically influenced. Why are you giving me my benefits still? You know, And it makes it so interesting because I, cause I know you plan to write more books in this series, mm -hmm. but you've just created two of the most wonderfully heretical characters. I can imagine. I think this is just going to be such interesting fun in future books. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm I'm delighted with the whole moral dilemma problem that they have there, and it's just it's one of, it's I I I think it's one of the better subplots in the whole story. Is why is this working like this, and how can we get away with it? I I feel like I'm doing exactly the wrong thing, and that the end is justifying the means, which it specifically says on page 397, chapter 17, verse 90, that you can't do that. <laughs> which leads me to the interesting question: is how do you put a second book of this together when four of the five main characters are, are four of the Have a six problem. main characters are dead? Yeah. Look, they're real heroes, okay? And true heroes won't let a little thing like being killed stop them. <laughs> I think we've just got the tagline for the next book. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of, yeah. I think I actually used it as, as part of the tagline for Dragon Hunters, actually. Actually, I but, think you did, actually, now that I, I remember yeah. that, because I get the back cover. Yeah, true heroes are never more dangerous than when they're dead. No, wait, that's Yellowbeard. Hang on. Um, but yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, fine. What happened? We're dead. And we're not letting it stop us. Carry on. You know, they've got a lot of other things they got to deal with here because it is uh, it's it's hopefully it's going to be um, uh, the 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 series. will I hopefully will be the book of shards. Um, that's the idea. Anyway, Dragon Hunters will just be volume one. And um you, 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 in the story, clearly we've got the sky bridges leading from one, uh, from one uh, piece of the shattered world, as it were, to other inhabited pieces of the shattered world, and all that kind of thing. And um, 
there's a lot going on elsewhere. Not you know, Dragon Hunters uh, has a lot of uh, has a lot of world building behind it that again we don't get to really see, but it has an effect on the characters, what they want to do, where they want to go, and why. See, so there, there, we've got the whole thing with the druids shutting down the sky bridges. We got that. Uh, we got that king who apparently is being an idiot and trying to conquer places because we know that just doesn't work, but he's come up with an idea. Okay, let's see how that goes. Do we need to stop that? We probably do. What can we do to stop it? We're just... Oh, wait. Yeah, okay, some of us have special powers. This might be doable. Yeah, we should probably check that out. You know, and so on. See what I mean? So there, there, there's a lot of places they can go and do. Boy, it's going to be fun when Fliss sees his mom again. <laughs> <laughs> Whoo! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yep, that's gonna be. Yeah, we we have a lot of hells. <laughs> Don't we though? Don't we though? Yep. What in the sixty-six hells is going on? I think it was sixty-six. It was sixty-six, wasn't it? I think you're right. But yeah, she's and I remember she was a devout vel tonight. A lot of hells. Yeah. Why am I going to hell this week, Mom? <laughs> you didn't clean your room. You're going to go to the hell of messy rooms. <sighs> so can we assume for the moment that the Night Lord series is on hiatus while you work on the Dragon Hunter series? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm still working on the Night Lord series. I'm, at, I'm 100% behind that right now. Dragon Hunters is just – I had to write it so it would be there for me to come to when I finished with Night Lord. Okay, and it's going to take a while to finish the Night Lord series because these things are freaking tomes. The short one is like three hundred thirty-three thousand words. Yeah, I'm oh, working I'm glad on. You're taking your time on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. But yeah, the the things are huge. I've got like seven books out now uh, in the Night Lord series, and I think we've topped two and a half million words now in seven books. So yeah, they're they're enormous. They're doorstops. You don't you don't you don't level your piano with this. You level your house. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um. What what what, sir? Uh, what kind of foundation did you put under this back section of the house that you built? This looks like. Are these books? Yeah, I, I had a lot left over. What do you want? So, yeah, it seemed seemed it seemed a shame to waste them. But yeah. Um. Uh, once I finish with the Night Lord series, uh, I'll be coming back to Dragon Hunters and the Book of Shards and the Shattered World and all that. And uh, we'll, we'll continue with these guys and pick up pretty much where we left off. But again, I got to focus on the Night Lord series. It's a long, complicated, intricate piece of work. And I, I, if I didn't have Excel sheets just like you wouldn't believe, then I would not keep track of it all. So yeah, it's I got to focus on that before I go anywhere else. Once I get that done, okay, then we'll come back to Dragon Hunters and we'll go on from there. Well, that's the good news. Oh yes, absolutely. I'm I, I'm definitely planning to come back to this. You betcha. But uh, yeah, for now, the Dragon Hunters is the shortest book I've ever written. <laughs> it's it's only about seventy thousand words. Was it uh, Luna? I think runs in at about 120, and then we kind of triple that for the average Nightlord book. I write trilogies and call them a book, and then you know send them out there. It's just it's just the way I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
And tonight we had we had George R. R. Martin talking about oh no, wait a minute, sorry. <laughs> no, I typed faster. <laughs> I I'm actually putting books out. <laughs> I also I also have characters that, that have survived. <laughs> True. I mean, yeah, <laughs> well, okay. There's a technicality on that with Dragon Hunter. Aramon's fine now. <laughs> just because he got bit by something with with just because he got bit by a creature with jaws three feet wide, you know. Okay, fine. He got better. It took a while, yeah, but he got better. <laughs> the the important thing to remember here, <clears throat> I think, not sure, <laughs> but I think, is that we've been interviewing a maniac for the past half hour. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good thing to remember. No, 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 no not, not a maniac. Bipolar. Sometimes I'm depressed. Oh, God, I'm a terrible writer. What am I thinking? This is way too complicated. I'm never going to survive on this. I need to eat. This is terrible. And then I have something to raise my blood sugar and everything's fine. And that this maniac. <laughs> <laughs> has written a book. In which he kills off most of the main characters in the first chapter and finishes the book anyway. Yeah. And now is going to write the sequel. Well, yeah. And probably going to write a bunch more of them. Yeah. Because well, he can. And because well, it's a really interesting book. I'm, I'm glad you think so. I thought so. <clears throat> And the name of the book is Dragon Hunters. And the name of the author is Garen Whited. And Garen has been a, our guest here tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. And he's probably coming back. Happy to. Thanks for joining us tonight, Garen. It's been wonderful to be here. Come back soon, my friend. I hope so. Take care. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Plastic City Comic Con, and the Upper Valley Comic Expo. We are also sponsored by Dreamforge Magazine, a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and Comic Art House. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is available on Audible, because I'm not sure where else you could find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts, for more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com. And don't forget to try the Watts sauce. We have, we love it. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp. And a whole lot of love to Jojo and Celine. Many thanks to the gang from his booking books. Thank you, Captain Cam. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie shared pain as lessons, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Better things are coming, Stacy. Stay strong, Liz. So, unless it's daytime, good night, everybody.
This is my brother Yako. 